Yes. All right. Uh, well, hello, and uh, nice you're listening to our FIP broadcast again. Uh, today we are here with uh, Laura and Sabine from the board. Uh, Laura, you can uh, talk about yourself. <laughs> yes, um, my name is Laura. I'm the chair of the FIP board this year. And uh, Sabine will be leading the interview today, so maybe you can introduce yourself as well. Yeah, uh, so I'm Sabine and I'm the treasurer of the board. Um, and today we are here with Antje Schmidt, a uh, organizational psychologist. So, uh, yeah, welcome for uh, <laughs> thanks for coming here, <laughs> and uh, welcome Antje Schmidt. Um, so very nice you could be here today. Um, would you like to tell a little bit about um, yeah, yourself and how your time was here at the university? Mm -hmm. Yeah, thanks a lot for inviting me. I was very much looking forward to this podcast. Yeah, um, I'm assistant professor here in the organizational psychology group since uh, yeah four years now, uh, and I, I enjoy my my work here a lot. I have great colleagues and um, do yeah also research that uh, is yeah of, of interest of course to me and uh, that, that, that it's just fun. Mm. And I'm also involved in, in, in teaching in various courses in the bachelor's master's research master's program. So it's a it's a nice package, I would say. Yeah, a yeah. lot I can hear. Uh, yeah. Very nice. And um, yeah, we have some questions about your time studying here, about your career, etc. So first, we are wondering how was your time studying here at the University of Groningen? Well, I'm I'm from Germany, so I studied um, psychology in, in Germany, and I started um, in at the University of Göttingen. This is a small, very nice um, student city, um, more or less in the center of Germany. And um, in my day, so I started in the um, diploma diploma program that was later replaced um, uh, by the bachelor's and master's system um, due to the Bologna um, reform. And um, yeah, we started in very small, uh, yeah, very small cohorts, so to say. So um, basically, we knew everyone, and um, we also knew the teachers or the, the researchers relatively well. And it was, uh, yeah, it was a great group, so to say, um, studying such in such a small um, cohort. But I. Uh, I then later moved on, so under my the diploma studies, you differentiate between um, the undergraduate and the graduate program. And um, these days it was uh, relatively unusual to change the university. So this is different um, these days where you have the possibility after your bachelor's also to move to another place for your master's. For in the diploma program, that was a bit different. So people usually did not a switch between universities, but I decided after my undergraduate uh, studies to um, to leave uh, Göttingen and, and and move to Gießen because I was very much interested, yeah, in work in organizational psychology, but also in forensic psychology, and both domains were not very well represented in in Göttingen. Ah, right. Yeah, and that was also exciting because again I moved into a very established network of fellow students and they all work together very well but it was also uh, relatively easy to find new friends and um, uh, yeah to to just um, 
study and then also later work in, in Gießen. And for a long time, I was a bit unsure what I want to do. So should I focus on work and organizational psychology or forensic psychology? So I, I was very much interested in both domains. And um, overall, I've, I was very, I was broadly interested in many fields within psychology, but also uh, above and beyond psychology. So the diploma study program also um, gave me the possibility to explore other fields, for example, study uh, parts of medicine or philosophy on the side or attend courses in criminology. So that was all very exciting. But at some point you also have to focus on something concrete. <laughs> and I feel that later what was key to me was also my um, uh, the, the yeah, the, the people who later became colleagues working in the work and organizational psychology group. So my um, my uh, professor was yeah, a very um, enthusiastic teacher also. I really liked the lectures and um, and at some point I think I just decided for myself that I, I want to specialize in, in work and organizational psychology and also did a few internships also in, in, for, in the forensic domain. Yeah. And, yeah. And, all that together helped me uh, in a way to focus more on that. And yeah, after my master's degree, um, I immediately started with my PhD. Also, I stayed at this university in Gießen uh, with um, uh, this professor being my PhD supervisor. And that was also a great time. Um, because I also had the opportunity to um, to travel to other countries for conferences, but also for sort of longer stays. Um, and we also had a fantastic group of uh, young researchers and PhDs and postdocs working in, in this group. Um, yeah, and, um, and after the PhD, um, then I became postdoc at the University of, of Kassel. So I moved within Germany a lot. And then um, there was like, a, like the group leader of an interdisciplinary team. So we worked um, a lot also with people from uh, law and uh, information technology, um, psychologists, um, um, colleagues from management. So that was also yeah, a, a nice three years a research project and then I became interim professor um, at the University of Bamberg that's in the southern part of Germany also a very nice city and nice university um, and that was just for one year I was um, replacing yeah, the professor over there because she was on maternity leave for one year and that was also very challenging for me and a big learning experience and really cool um, that I had this opportunity to do this because um, I was then also um, responsible for the whole team um, and that included like PhDs but also various teachers from um, who yeah, were invited to come to the university to give lectures and who were mm -hmm. often alumni um, um, from this uh, university, but also secretary, and I learned a lot about political work at universities, about power structures, um, and uh, yeah, about managing a team of PhD students. So that was very insightful. Yeah, and then I, I came here. So that right. was like 
the journey. Yeah. Quite a long uh, route you had before mm-hmm. you uh, came here then, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hear you say you have a lot of different experiences at different universities um, and a pretty broad time of studying, actually. Um, and how did you experience um, psychology at different universities then? At different universities? Um, yeah. Well, I would say, um, yeah, in, 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 in at the University of Göttingen, for example, uh, what I saw there was that um, the, the researchers and teachers were very much into fundamental psychology. Mm-hmm. So uh, I learned a lot about like, um, the, the, yeah, the core parts of psychology and, and they, it was not so much applied. So that's why also why I decided later on to move. And um, in, in Gießen, um, that is a university that has also many applied domains and, um, and also well-known researchers in these applied domains, um, um, like um, pedagogical psychology or yeah, work and organizational, but also clinical psychology, various groups within clinical psychology. Um, and here I feel it's a good mix um, between applied and yeah, more fundamental um, nice. yeah, groups. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And is yeah. that also the reason why you would say you came to the University of Groningen then? Mm, no, I don't think so. I think uh, one of my main reasons was that I also wanted to get more um, insights about how other universities and uh, universities, especially in other countries, also work. I also wanted to have more um, yeah, uh, experience in, in working in another country, living in another country. I felt like that um, at some point in your career, for me, that that was another challenge that I was, um, yeah, surging in these days. Yeah. Right. And yeah, of course, uh, Groningen is the best city here in the Netherlands. (laughs) Uh, So you made a great choice uh, coming here. Very nice. And was there something specific about our university or the psychology track here that that attracted you here? Or was it more, um, yeah, let me find something nearby? Hmm. Well, I think it was not so much that there was this possibility to have um, uh, this position here. So I think that was the main, the main motivation, the main reason. But of course, you also then, um, yeah, uh, you do your homework and look into what do they offer there? uh, What are the, the, the core domains of research and um, how is teaching structured and so and uh, yeah, I like that. Um, I think that was like yeah, wha- one other reason um, apart from going somewhere in the Netherlands. Yeah, yeah. well, uh, nice you came here, of <laughs> course, <laughs> best choice. Um, and um, of course, you are working as an organizational psychologist right now. And would you like to tell a little bit about uh, what that looks like? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, organizational psychologists are interested in uh, yeah, experiences and behaviors that human beings make um, in the work domain. And um, yeah, I, as a researcher, I have a sort of a special job, so to say, because I'm interested in understanding processes more, um, understanding people within the work setting better. 
um, but my more applied colleagues, for example, they um, yeah they try to apply the knowledge that we gather um, in the field. So you can find organizational psychologists in various domains, like in in bigger companies in human resource management, for example, in the selection and training and personnel development of employees. But also um, you can find them in the government, but also as coaches, consultants, also Everywhere. sometimes being self-employed. Um, so that's pretty broad and diverse, uh, which from my perspective also makes it interesting that there are many possibilities later on. Um, and yeah, in research, uh, so my job as an organization of psychologists in research is usually focused on three different domains. Um, so on the one hand, teaching, giving classes, preparing classes, supervising students. Um, but then you have also the research, of course. Um, so you try to um, run, uh, yeah, you, you ask yourself um, exciting, interesting questions and try to um, conduct studies, empirical studies to, um, yeah, which help you hopefully to also answer these questions. And then there is the third part, and this is often um, like one part that students may not necessarily know a lot about, that is more the administrative work that we also have to do. So contributing mm. also to the university, but also contributing to the um, uh, yeah, scientific society by, for example, being yeah, a reviewer for um, a certain um, scientific journal, um, so that you uh, assess articles that have been written by your colleagues and assess the quality of these articles and give feedback on them. Um, so this is also like an important part of my job, I think. Um, then also for, for example, organizing conferences or workshops. Yeah, and being involved in all kinds of political um, uh, committees, for example, within the universities, but also outside. So. For example, I'm currently also in the, um, uh, involved in the teaching committee of the graduate school for PhD students um, in social and organizational psychology across yeah. the Netherlands. So there are seven universities by now who have like um, a joint program, so to say, on how to educate their um, uh, PhD students. And we, yeah, we come up with um, a nice way to, um, yeah, to, to teach them or at least we um, ask uh, our colleagues um, if they want to be involved in, in, in the teaching program. So this is uh, like one of these administrative jobs, so to yeah. say. Mm. Wow, it sounds uh, very diverse. Yeah, it's very diverse. So yeah. that's really nice. Yeah. So that on some, on some days you have a yeah, huge variety of tasks to work on so on some days it can be very diverse but on other days of course there's also you need to focus on one or two um two or three <laughs> rather uh, yeah. tasks that you have to to do and I, what i feel still is that more and more you have these tasks that relate to communication so writing emails mm, <laughs> answering mm -hmm. emails um, preparing meetings the yeah. basics yeah. yeah so that yeah. is also a huge part of my job yeah. um when when i reflect about it yeah yeah mm. well uh, nice to hear um and we actually had a question um if you worked in other fields of psychology but like you just explained you are doing a lot of different fields basically 
combined um, but then I'm actually wondering like you mentioned at one point you had to decide am I going to this track or maybe forensics or another um, are you sometimes still wondering like what if I would go would have gone to another track or mm. um, yeah, yeah that's an interesting question um, yeah I think uh, I mean in principle what I feel is interesting about yeah developing your professional goals or like developing your career what is often um, yeah uh, kind of ignored or not really reflected on is that often or at least in my case I would say um, the, the the professional career is also very much influenced by incidents by things that just happen along the way and that are influenced by the people that you meet along the way um, like for example this professor who yeah um, who was very enthusiastic and also I felt like oh there's interesting research to do and um, he was also um, yeah pushing myself a bit um, in, in developing in that direction so um, that was interesting for me to see in hindsight that um, that uh, yeah it's not only about like going to a career coaching or so or completing a, a, a professional or vocational interest test mm -hmm. um, so it's more also about um, what are the influences of others and especially incidents yeah. that you meet someone and then something develops out from there and um, yeah in my case I, I forced myself really to take a decision due to uh, be yeah, because I was so much interested in different aspects but, and what helped me a lot and then I can also recommend that to students is to do internships um, uh, also uh, early on in your studies um, and uh, I, I, I completed a couple of short internships and they often already help a lot because you then you can see what what are the, the professionals doing in their job and you can reflect about is this something that I really also want to do later or so for me at least these internships helped me to also figure out what I do not want to do. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. So to select. Yeah, oh, that's smart. <laughs> um, so I, I completed, for example, a great internship in, in a forensic psychiatric uh, hospital. Uh, I learned a lot, but at some point I also felt like, hmm, you also locked in the whole day. And um, that was kind of weird for me. So that was just one issue, but I felt like, yeah, and what I also saw that many colleagues who were psychologists in this domain just stayed there for a couple of years or months even. So there was huge fluctuation and I felt like, hmm, why is that? <laughs> so yeah, it was uh, also, that there were many, so you get many insights um, and then you can aggregate them yeah. and, um, and then come to a conclusion at the end of an internship but it's then also also important to do internships uh, or um, yeah I don't know small jobs or whatever you can do um, uh, in other fields to explore is this maybe something for me mm -hmm. um, well, yeah. sounds like a very uh, uh, interesting tip um, and also something that's more into the reach uh, of us and as a student mm -hmm. um, so thanks for the tip um, yeah, and then, of course, in all those different fields, you have a lot of different people to work with. For example, you said at your internship, um, a lot of people that were just locked in every day. Um, 
and you were uh, more feeling like let's get out there uh, <laughs> and do something different. Um, what are the sort of people you work with today? Hmm. Yeah, so today I also I work with many different people, which is also, I think, a nice part of my job. So on the one hand, I work with students, of course, especially um, with student assistants. You have usually a closer relationship who help with your research or, um, yeah, I supervise students and then meet regularly with them. Yeah, I, I uh, work with my PhD students. Um, this is also often a very intense, uh, intense collaboration. Yeah, and I work with my colleagues here in our group. Um, sometimes we have um, joint research projects, but also sometimes we do joint teaching. Um, and yeah, we have committees. So I also work with colleagues from other domains within the university. Um, and then I uh, work with colleagues, for example, in this um, graduate school, um, organization so to say in the teaching committee I work with colleagues from Leiden University also from Amsterdam University so within the Netherlands so and I have also many colleagues many very good colleagues by now um, with whom I collaborate um, and who are from um, from other countries so I have some colleagues um, in, in Germany but also like in England, for example, and uh, one colleague in Australia. So it's it's very diverse, and and that's and after a while, I think researchers, um, yeah, also have a, their network of people with whom you like to work together, and sometimes they also become friends, and um, you are always happy to meet them at conferences. Yeah, and then of course there are also often or sometimes at least possibilities to meet new people also often at conferences or where you when you figure out oh there is someone um, who's um, yeah, having like an online talk or so and he's in, working in a similar domain and maybe let's just uh, contact this person and figure out if there are um, yeah, possibilities to work together um, and uh, also, yeah, um, I mean, I'm an organizational psychologist and sometimes I also have contact to organizations, of course, to, to employees. So I also, um, I, I work with them or at least also um, get in contact with them in, in interviews or in meetings. And now, for example, in our master's program in the work and organizational psychology master, the students have mandatory internships. And with these mandatory internships, we as supervisors, so to say, also regularly meet um, the practitioners. Um, so they're internal supervisors in the companies. And I had a very nice meeting, for example, just last week. And that is also always interesting to see. So what are the yeah, practitioners doing? And um, yeah, and maybe hopefully we can invite that, them at some point also for our career talk series that we organize here in, in the uh, work and organizational group. Um, yeah, so there are different people, um, different sorts of people yeah, with whom... Very broad network, uh, mm -hmm. I hear. Um, also nice to uh, hear how you can actually build it up uh, via the different yeah, fields you can mm -hmm. uh, be busy in. Mm -hmm. um, and also the different... Um, um, how do you say it? I'm looking for a word. Um, yeah, not dimensie, but... Dynamiek. 
dynamics, the different dynamics she gets. Yeah, that's true. The different dynamics she gets by working with that many different uh, sorts of colleagues. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. I mean, in the end, that's also very energizing. Yeah, um, nice. Yeah, that's true. They all bring in like different backgrounds, different fields and... Um, yeah. yeah, well, and of mm. course you have a lot of uh, different areas you are busy as an organizational psychologist, but mm -hmm. um, I am wondering, of course, what sort of organizational problems do you come across there and um, how would you deal with those? Mm. Um, so you mean problems that are also experienced by organizations, for example, these yes. days, right? Um, yeah, I, I think there are many unresolved issues at the moment um, um, or topics that organizations are busy with. So on the one hand, uh, what we see is this, um, yeah, this increase in digitalization and using new technology within organizations. And that for companies um, often also means that they have to prepare their employees and uh, the, the leaders, so people working in within the company to really use the technology and um, yeah, yeah, to prepare them for organizational changes that relate to the implementation of new technology, for example. And Especially after COVID, of course, mm -hmm. everyone had to adapt to using a lot of technology and mm -hmm. online meetings. Yeah. So I yeah. can imagine that that's a big aspect. Yeah. Yeah. And for some uh, employees, it is easy. And for others, it's not so easy to adapt to these changes. And then sometimes organizations have to face these, um, yeah, th this issue of how to um, get everyone on board and um, to prepare people well. Um, uh, so also when it comes to um, the increasing, yeah, the, the aging workforce, then um, you, you need to find ways also for lifelong learning, especially when it comes also to new technology usage. Mm -hmm. um, so this is one challenge, I think, um, and we as psychologists can yeah, help with that, or at least can can help in, in figuring out ways on how in how organizations could implement um, and and prepare their employees. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and another challenge is like I, I think the, the the lack of talented staff understaffing is a big problem in in organizations. That um, also what we now saw after or. With the Corona crisis, that in many domains, like for example the horeca, that um, um, yeah, employees are lacking, and especially the the, um, the talented, well-educated people are um, are often tend to leave organizations. So it makes it more difficult for organizations, on the one hand, to find new employees, but also to retain them. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that can be very challenging, mm -hmm. uh, especially also for the employees who are there and who are working in yeah. the companies, because that also often means that you have to take on more tasks, of course, and um, uh, yeah, then um, maybe also the, the, the mental health from uh, the, the colleagues working in these companies m may suffer in the longer run, and this is something to be prevented. Um, yeah, and I think another issue also, maybe also when it comes to the aging workforce is on how knowledge uh, in the company can be kept within the company as soon as older, the older employees 
um, and the, the experienced employees especially uh, as soon as they leave the company. Um, so this is uh, also a topic that is currently very much uh, debated within companies. Um, how can we solve that and can new technology, for example, help us to um, uh, to solve these issues? And it is not only something that is considered by bigger companies, but also smaller companies who have often very sp special expertise, um, um, niche uh, knowledge and in special domains. Um, they are very busy with this question. Um, um, yeah, yeah, and maybe one f one final um, issue that organizations face at the moment or that they um, struggle with is um, now also in this debate of the Corona debate, um, this issue of hybrid working. So how can organizations organize that well? Um, how can leaders be prepared to um, help with hybrid working? Um, what are the, the skills also that employees um, need to bring in, when it comes to self-regulation, time management, and so to do that well, um, this remote and, and hybrid working. Um, I personally feel what f for me is, is most interesting in this debate is more like how do you manage as a company um, to have a, a relatively, still a relatively fair system because often companies, it's not it's not possible in many companies that all employees work from home. Mm -hmm. um, so for some colleagues, or employees, it's just not possible due to their jobs. Um, and how do you create a system where you do not create unfairness? Because yeah. some employees are allowed to work from everywhere, some of that time at least, and others always have to be there. And um, yeah, I, I, I think this is some, something that is also currently a bit uh, yeah, neglected in, in, in research also. Yeah, right. Well, mm. you, you got me wondering, you name a lot of organizational problems, but you also mentioned that you are a teacher yourself. Uh, and for example, with hybrid working or uh, yeah, seeing what you can do, adapting back to the no normal life now. Mm. Do you experience those organizational problems yourself as well? Yeah, I think in our team that's also often an, um, uh, an issue of debate. So how do we want to organize ourselves? Um, and uh, so I think that the challenging thing is to find this balance between um, giving people the opportunity to work the way they like to work and the way they also um, can function well in their role. So for example, for me that I'm allowed to work from home on some days, uh, but on the other hand, as a team, you also, and that, that is a challenge, especially for the team leader or the chair. Um, so to find a way to still have yeah, coherence in the group and a good team climate. And, mm -hmm. um, and, 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 and this is, yeah, this is a, a hot topic, so to say. Also, not only in, in all kinds of organizations, but also in our, in our work. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Well, interesting to hear as well. Um, and next to your teaching and yeah, your um, expertise as an organizational psychologist, you are also doing research. Mm -hmm. um, and to yeah, uh, give us a picture, what does your research in organizational psychology looks like? Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, in organizational psychology, uh, as I said, so we are interested in human behavior and experiences in the workplace that can be very diverse. And um, 
basically in, you often differentiate between the micro, meso and macro level in research. Maybe you, you already know about this, so yeah, the micro textbook. level. Ah, really? Yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> okay. learned that, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, it is relatively, uh, uh, it, it, it is not only in textbooks, it's actually also the way we, we really do our research. So I would say that most of the research that we do in our team, but also that I'm interested in is uh, on the micro level. So how do individuals, individual employees, but also entrepreneurs um, manage themselves and their work. How do they regulate their emotions? How do they regulate their behavior um, to, for example, um, deal well with negative work events, with, with, with certain work demands that are challenging for them? Um, so that is uh, like a, a very broad question that I'm interested in and how can they um, yeah, keep uh, their um, yeah maintain their their health and well-being um, in the workplace so this is more the micro level but then you also have this meso level which is more focused um, on yeah team aspects on on groups also on on leadership plays a role in there and I think this meso level um, there is much more to explore still um, so that, that becomes more and more um, of interest and, um, and and there are many unresolved questions, I think. Um, mm -hmm. And then you also have uh, the, the macro level and in for the macro level focuses more on organizational performance. So it looks um, not so much or not only into the individual behavior of the employee, but more uh, um, what are the characteristics of the organization and how does the organization function? And then also is this macro level also considers the, the, the really the, the macro perspective in terms of cultural differences, societal culture. So not only the, the, um, the organizational uh, component. Yeah, right. Um, looking more at the group. Yeah. Still working. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And this is often then also something that um, colleagues in, in management, for example, are a bit more interested in. So if you have, for example, uh, col collab research collaborations, then um, often the psychologist comes with like this background about ah, I'm interested in the individual, how the individual functions. And if you have a colleague from management or yeah, sociology, for example, then they bring in this more um, the, the, the more macro perspective which is also nice but in the like i would say in the last few years what you see more and more is um this multi-level perspective and that is also the, the, what i feel the most interesting perspective that you of course cannot only consider doing research on the individual level you also need to take into account um uh, teams team structures but also uh, yeah, leadership influences and of course you also need to take into account um, also in the questions and how employees can stay healthy at work it is important to know more about the organizational context uh, they are in um, uh, what does the organization offer what are the challenges what is the team culture or the, or the organizational culture um, so this multi-level perspective means that in order to explain individual behavior and experiences, you need to also consider um, uh, other layers. 
yeah, combination other, yeah. of a lot of factors, mm-hmm. of yeah. course. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. And um, how important would you say that all this research is in the organizational psychology? Yeah, I think research is important also for practitioners. Um, and what what we also now see um, in the uh, like in the last few years that researchers are also no more. Um, they have to yeah, emphasize more on how their research contributes to society, contributes to more practical knowledge. So this um, became more um, important. Um, and uh, there are also co- many colleagues who um, yeah, work a lot in terms of uh, directly contributing to the practical life. This is often seen, for example, in, in when you do research in, on interventions or uh, like training interventions or coaching interventions that you try to first understand processes and how, in, how coaching works, what are the, the important ingredients. Um, and then um, some colleagues then are also very much focused on implementing that or trying to find practitioners who implement that and then evaluate these sorts of trainings. Um, and sometimes, in, in, in some cases, you also can develop more out of that um, so that you have a real a, a small business idea or so um, uh, based on a certain training concept. So we see that sometimes in the in the field of career psychology, career management, where there are great um, where there's some great research on how you should yeah prepare young um, young um, beings uh, or young um, people to uh, on, on how they can develop their vocational interests, and then you find ways to. Um, to train them, to educate them, and this is then sometimes directly also implemented in in um, in the practical field. Um, so yeah, but w- what we, for example, see in other um, scientific fields like in engineering or information technology, or so that you have a spin-off or like an incubator program out of organizational psychology, this is still very rare. Yeah. And I think it's also important to emphasize that not all research is is directly leading into practical implications. So sometimes you first need to solve the more fundamental questions and to understand better how things work and how processes work. And then step by step, uh, after like a, a longer journey, um, there is um, the, the, the practical implication in the end. Yeah. yeah. But what we also see now, and I, I emph- I've just emphasized that also in my lecture last week, um, is this um, development in terms of which is called evidence-based management or evidence-based or- organizational psychology, so that there's more and more this thinking that um, practitioners should use the evidence that we have based on research. So. In the end, that means that meta-analyses, for example, as a, as a method per se, become more and more important also for, or should become more and more important uh, for also for practitioners. And then, of course, we also need to, we as researchers also need to do more in that domain, such that we need to better, yeah, to better communicate what do practitioners, uh, what are they interested in, what are the challenging questions, and um, then also we need people, I think, who act as interim people, like uh, 
um, journalists, for example, or bloggers or whatever. So because uh, they can really help also to translate our research into the more practical uh, fields. So that's at least, yeah. Um, Make it more reachable for yeah, also yeah. Uh, general people that are not super specialized yeah. in the area. Yeah, yeah, I think that's important because um, often, yeah, researchers also try to do that by themselves, of course. Um, but it, uh, often you just you lack the time or you also lack the competencies. I personally feel that it is good to to collaborate more with people who are really yeah who bring this experience and and this expertise also in in translating things into more practical domains mm -hmm. and working together with them that that could be uh, yeah uh, very useful mm. would you say this is also an uh, uh, important thing that organizational psychology research should focus on mm, i'm not so sure if it should focus on this as i said i um, i also find very very much important to first do some fundamental research and I think th the balance is is, um, is is great. So to uh, to to do research, but also always think about what are the potential practical and societal implications, um, and then uh, yeah, think about ways on how to transform this knowledge into um, yeah into an add-on also for others who are not only um, for others who are not researchers mm, yes mm, well yeah. it sounds very relevant mm -hmm. um and uh yeah also quite broad what you are doing research uh, teaching working with students mm. a lot of different aspects um of all this together what do you enjoy most about your work <laughs> oh yeah I, I think there are many things that i enjoy about this work um uh, first of all, what I really like is this flexibility and the autonomy also in, um, for example, if I feel I have an interesting questions, a question that I would like to solve and that I would uh, do research on, then I, yeah, I try to find ways on how to do it, um, on how to plan a study and, and um, sometimes, as I mentioned, you have the option also to, to find yeah, colleagues who are interested in basically is the same or a very similar idea that is even um, uh, yeah more uh, uh, yeah that's even that's great because then you can work on this uh, together and um, I also like this whole research process so that you first uh, come up with an idea and then plan a study and um, uh, then, yeah, conduct the study, um, collect the data, and also, yeah, beforehand you need to find participants. And so this whole process, then also data analysis, and then finally, hopefully, writing everything up. Um, so this is pretty nice. Um, and what I also like about it is that, um, uh, or what I find is, is a privilege that you, um, that you have to deal with people, students as well as colleagues and uh, so other researchers who are very much uh, enthusiastic about what they do, who are very motivated about um, yeah, finding their way, about learning. Um, and I feel this is really a privilege that you often do not have and yeah, you do not have that in many jobs, mm -hmm. that you that you are surrounded by people who are really, uh, focused on on something um, that can be inspiring as well. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Well, nice to uh, hear a lot of uh, positive sides about your work. Yeah. Um, yeah, so also from all the different things you do, could you give a short description of what a typical workday looks like for you? Yeah, um, a typical workday. So I personally like to start my workday with um, some yeah, like personal projects, like for example, writing on a paper or um, um, data analysis on a certain topic. But of course, this is not always possible. Sometimes you have meetings or sometimes uh, there are other things to do that are more urgent. Um, but the typical workday um, usually have has these different or has tasks from these different domains that I mentioned before. So teaching, research, and administrative work, and um, that means that yeah, on a typical workday I have to prepare my teaching or I have to read um, uh, papers or um, uh, parts of a thesis from students and give feedback. So giving feedback is a, is a um, is a very important part. Um, but I also, yeah, I have meetings um, in uh, committee meetings, but also um, meetings with my colleagues to discuss like um, team issues or the strategy for our team. Um, and then there's also, um, yeah, emails. <laughs> um, what else? Yeah, as I said, um, sometimes I have to um, also do uh, reviews, writing reviews for work that has been done by colleagues, um, reviewing other papers. I'm also an, um, an editor or an action editor for a certain journal that also requires some, some work. So then you need to find reviewers um, for, for journal articles. That takes a bit of time sometimes. Um, yeah, then it's also, yeah, hopefully then also doing my own research, writing things up. Um, Some coffee breaks here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> coffee breaks Hopefully. are very important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah I think that's most most of it. I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah and uh, many days are very diverse, so that you work on tasks on an hourly basis, and uh, there are many. Yeah, there's a huge variety, but on other days. Um, it's, for example, if you have a deadline for um, you submitted a, a journal article and then they want you to revise it, then you often have a tight deadline, then you really need to focus on that. Or with funding proposals, that's, that can also be very challenging that, they, that you see that there's the opportunity to apply for funding, but that's just open for one week or so, then you really need to um, make sure that you have the time to work on that. Yeah, well, mm. sounds like a lot, but also, once again, very diverse. Mm -hmm. um, to round it off for a little bit, um, what do you think is the most valuable lesson of all the things you have done of your entire profession? Mm. The most valuable lesson? Um, yeah, I think sometimes... Um, uh, I mean, what I always find uh, find challenging is uh, is to really, if you are interested in many different things, like I am, um, then it is challenging for um, for a research career. It might sometimes be challenging then to find a certain niche where you become an expert in. To find something very specific. 
Yeah, right. So that's sometimes also like a recommendation that you get from older colleagues when you start with your PhD or so to really focus on a certain topic. And my, my also my PhD time and education was a bit different. So my PhD supervisor gave me a lot of uh, freedom and flexibility right from the start. And that was, um, that was challenging. So I think in hindsight, um, it would have been better to focus more on, on a very certain, on a very specific domain, because that makes it a bit easier also later in research. If you are too broad, um, then it, that can be, it can be a challenge. Um, but for me, I have to say it also always worked that way. So I, in, in a sense that I was, um, I wanted to be broader and I wanted to explore two or three different topics um, uh, at the same time. Um, yeah, but that was overall, that was a challenge and it still is a challenge that you feel, oh, I'm interested in this and this and that. And <laughs> um, it's good to choose a specific yeah, uh, topic. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Right. And uh, yeah, like you said before, probably try some things out and see what you don't like. Uh, and then, uh, well, yeah. Like we just heard from you, you uh, can find a very nice path in a lot of yeah. different areas. Yeah, right. yeah, and maybe also something that uh, I can recommend to students is also, um, yeah, to take on opportunities that you get, um, and um, and yeah, try to uh, also believe in yourself that you can handle certain things. Mm -hmm. Uh, for, for example, uh, when I got this opportunity to work as an interim professor. Uh, for this one year at the beginning, I felt like, oh, so many new tasks. And um, um, then you are really responsible for like this whole team and no one else to ask. Um, and uh, th but that was in the end, that was a big learning experience. And sometimes it is yeah just necessary um, to do things like uh, like these. Um, yeah. And in the end, then you can you can also be proud of yourself. Of course, these things should be, you, you should in principle be able to handle them. So that's also difficult balance when it is too much and, 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 uh, and when can you still cope with it. Um, but in principle, I think taking on opportunities um, is, is always something um, that I can recommend. Yeah, hmm. well, that sounds like a very uh, valuable lesson also mm -hmm. uh, for our listeners. Um, well, altogether, uh, it sounds like an interesting uh, field to work in. And mm -hmm. uh, thank you for um, yeah, sharing your experience and uh, yeah, your work life um, to paint us a picture. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we would like to thank you very much for um, yeah, joining our interview. Um, and yeah, if any of our students or listeners would like to have an additional chat with you, I suppose they can... Uh, yeah, check out the organizational psychology area. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm very much also interested in, in discussing career path with students or questions about organizational psychology or whatever. Yeah, so please approach me. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. then uh, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me here. I enjoyed the talk. <laughs> Great. <laughs>